covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Welcome in uh, to the program. Glad to have you with us. We will continue to come your way. We are not locked out here in this uh, sector of the podcast world. We will continue to come your way on an every week basis, even when there's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, And this week, actually, there was a little bit to talk about. We'll discuss that here in uh, just a moment or so. As always, our housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast. If you want to get in contact with me, best way to do so on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And if you listen to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcast and can leave a ranking interview and also subscribe, that would be awesome. Uh, this week, the Brewers did sign six players to minor league contracts. And uh, it's if this is a little bit confusing for you, the lockout that is going on right now only pertains to major league players or players who are on the 40-man roster. So it does not pertain to guys who are not on major league contracts, and it does not pertain to any free agent who decides to sign a minor league deal. These minor league deals can still include invites to uh, spring training. So a minor league deal with a big league spring training invite, it's not a major league deal, but it's close uh, to get onto the major league roster. Obviously, they would have to make a 40-man roster move, but that happens every year where guys sign the minor league deals with the invite to spring training, and then they figure out the uh, the 40-man issues towards the end of spring training. So it's almost like they're major league deals, and they did sign uh, a number of players uh, this past week. Catcher Jackson Reed, uh, Jackson Reed, excuse me, outfitter uh, Garrett Whiteley, right-handed pitcher uh, Moises Gomez, uh, all being signed, and also uh, Tyler White was signed as well. Uh, White does have 256 career major league games, uh, 26 home runs over that time, a 236 average. Uh, these guys get big league spring training uh, time, uh, assuming that there is going to be uh, a, a major league spring training. If there's not, they'll. They'll have jobs. They'll be playing uh, probably at AAA. So there's this year where there is some certainly some uncertainty about what's going to be going on. If there's ever a year actually to sign a minor league deal, maybe this is that year because uh, it, at the very least it guarantees that you are uh, employed once the uh, once the minor league season would get underway. I. I I think we're going to have a major league season this year. I don't know if it's going to be a little bit delayed. I don't know if spring training is going to be delayed. I think we'll have. I don't think this is going to be a repeat of 1994. I just. I don't think that is going to happen. Uh, but there is, in a weird way, there's kind of some some security by signing these minor league deals. The one, and we talked about this a little bit on Brewers uh, Weekly this past week, and the Brewers Weekly Show is part of this podcast feed, so you can uh, certainly check it out for yourself. Somebody who did not receive an invite to uh, big league spring training, but is a really interesting individual to bring into the uh, organization, is uh, John Singleton. Uh, Singleton, at one point, a top prospect in baseball, was in the Astros organization, signed a big deal before he even uh, got to the big leagues for the first time. Never really put it all together at the major league level. Had some off-field issues, had some uh, suspensions for uh, recreational drugs, things like that. Uh, He was out of baseball for a while. He resurfaced uh, in Mexico. He has completely changed his body, completely changed his body. And you just don't lose what you had as a top prospect. So even though he doesn't get the invite to major league spring training, 
He's a really, really interesting person to uh, to bring into uh, to bring into uh, spring training uh, or to bring in the organization, I should say. I had a conversation with uh, Vinny Rotino, Rotino, uh, part of the uh, analyst crew at uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin, a former brewer, also now host of the uh, Locked on Brewers podcast, and uh, also uh, somebody who worked as a scout previously. And uh, when I had him on Brewers Weekly this past week, we talked a lot about Singleton. He had some interesting things to say, so certainly would encourage you to check that out uh, again on Brewers Weekly, which is part of this podcast feed. You can just go check out uh, what was the previous episode, I believe, and uh, you can find that for yourself. So that's kind of the news of the week. Outside of that, not a lot going on. The lockout continues. We're going to do our best on this podcast. I said this last week, and it's easier said than done. We're going to do our best to talk about non-lockout things, but that's that, we're not going to ignore it at the same time. So I, as I record this right now, I can tell you I've already recorded the conversation with Andrew Wagner that you're about to hear. We talk about the lockout for about the first half of it, and then we, we do get into more baseball-type things. So if you're just sick of hearing about lockout stuff, don't worry. We will get into uh, more baseball-connected, uh, on-field-type items. But where we're at right now is that the lockout continues, that there doesn't seem to be any negotiation going on right now between players and owners. We're coming up on the holidays, so you kind of get the sense that negotiation probably won't start up again until after the new year because you're going to start now, go a week or so, and then take some time away for, for the holidays. If you were going to negotiate coming out of the actual lockout getting started, you probably would have already been doing that. I guess there's always a chance that it's going on behind closed doors and it's not being reported on and that they're not talking about it. That seems unlikely. That seems incredibly unlikely, but I guess there's always a chance that that is happening. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, we'll try to... We will do our very best on this podcast to not uh, do all lockout all the time, but we can't ignore it because it's obviously kind of the biggest thing going on in the world of baseball. So with that being said, uh, let's bring in Andrew Wagner. And uh, very happy to uh, welcome in a guy who uh, is a contributor with Forbes Sports, covers uh, the Brewers all over the place. Uh, you never know where you might see his byline. And now you hear him on Brewers X-Drains, podcast. Happy to have him back on the show. Hey, Andrew, thanks for taking some time. How are you? Hello, Matt. Good to be back. What is it? I think I don't think we talked since the end of the season. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we have. You know, when you get a text message from me, ninety percent of the time, it's because I'm asking you to do an interview. Yeah, and I figure like eight thousand three hundred forty-seven more qualified and more entertaining individuals had something else to do. So it's all right, my friend. Not I'm true. Just, you, I'm just happy to be on the team. You were my only request. There are times where people can't do it, and I and I kind of go down that list. But you were the uh, you were the first message this week. So there you go. Spot start for the uh, for the swing man out of the bullpen. I like it. I'm. <laughs> I'm trying really hard on this podcast to like not just make it about labor stuff each week, but there's literally nothing. There's just nothing going on. I guess there was a report uh, in, in the New York paper from Joel Sherman that prior to the lockout, may, the Brewers had maybe reached out to the Yankees to see if there was any chance that Luke Voigt could be available. And, and Sherman mentioned Lorenzo Cain's name in there, but I mean that might just be. It wasn't like a report. It was more like, a, well, this could maybe be something that could happen. Like, just from a baseball perspective, we're grasping at anything. But there's just there were some minor league signings last week, and, and we talked. We, you know, the, so there were some interesting names in there. But outside of that, it's just there's not a lot going on right now. No, uh, and 
listen, the Brewers did, and kudos to them, pull off a pretty impressive move right before the world as we knew it came to an end uh, in, in the trade with Boston. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's quiet right now, and I don't see anything changing in that regard until probably through the new year because it's just no one seems willing to budge yet. Um, everyone's kind of dug in, and it's going to be whomever blinks first. That, and I don't know who's going to either because everything that we read and everything that's being reported is that the owners have never been more kind of dedicated to being shoulder to shoulder and on the same page. And everything we read also says that the players feel like they keep losing in these labor negotiations and they are hell bent on not losing this one. So you hear those two things and you're right. Somebody does have to blink first, but I don't know who it's going to be because it feels like maybe more so than ever, each side really doesn't want to. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, the, the owners are solidified you know, almost to the point where players were during the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, you know, we always talked about how um, ownership kind of underestimated players resolved during those work stoppages. And, you know, I, I think it's you know, the other way around this time. I, I think the blinking is going to happen once it gets closer to the season and it starts looking like paychecks are going to be lost, uh, whether that's you know, players losing paychecks or whether that's ownership losing revenue, uh, which, you know, they did after the pandemic and no one really liked that. You know, once money starts to become real uh, and not just something that's talked about on paper, then I think you're going to start to see action. But until then, there's no there's no real impetus for either side to get anything done. Um, so all it's going to lead to is, is a bunch of, speculation and, and more annoyingly pontification on the internet from you know from people trying to line up behind one side or the other i've always said that optics do matter like they, they sometimes they don't matter for what's actually going on but perception can can matter and when you're talking about this and you're talking about fans who spend money on tickets and spend their time watching games on tv and make sure that those advertising rates can continue to be high like i'm not I'm not saying that's the end-all and be-all, but optics do matter. There's not been a single bit of conversation, a single bit of negotiation since the lockout got started, at least nothing that has been reported. I think that's a bad look. Agree or disagree? I really agree. But listen, you know, the thing to keep in mind here, and you see this on social media, I see it on social media, be it fans, be it players, be it, you know, whatever – Albeit sports writers, because you see a lot of them going in and chiming in and like, you know, siding behind players or, you know, one side or the other. And the one thing you never hear about in any of these negotiations is what does this do for the fans? Like, what do the fans get out of any agreement? I mean, are their prices going to go down? No. Ticket prices will eventually go up. Your prices will go up. Every price will go up. You know, the money that you pay, even if you're not going to the game. Is going to go up because you know if there's if there's a change in labor agreement and, and, and new TV contracts are negotiated down the road, that money gets passed on to the viewer through higher cable rates or subscription rates, whatever. Like you know, all this arguing, and, and you never hear about well, how does this affect the fan? How does this affect the customer? And, and there doesn't seem to be any real care, concern, or interest in that. And that that's. That, to me, is the greatest optic problem. Is no one seems to give a rip what happens to 
the family that's got a couple of kids and wants to go to the ball game, you know, and they got to take out a mortgage to do that. Um, and again, billionaires and billionaires, they don't care about those little things because there's always going to be people to buy the tickets. But, you know, that to me, when you talk about the optic problem, that's the optic problem. Yeah, I, 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 I have a hard time with it because, again, like I said, I think optics matter. At the end of the day, if if Rob Manfred and Tony Clark get in the same room on December, whatever the date is today, December 12th, December 13th, is that actually going to push them any closer? Like, I, I don't know. But for some, I think it makes you feel like, okay, they want to get I, – I guess this is the bottom line on it. In, in previous negotiations, even when you had really tough negotiators on both sides, it always felt like they were going to the same place and, like, there was this um, – there was this spirit of negotiation to try to get a deal done, and I, I don't know. It just that that spirit doesn't seem to be there as much now as it does previous. Now maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment and I'm completely off, and and that's not actually the way it was before. But people have talked about previous negotiators maybe being able to do a, a little bit better job of actually being in the same room with their counterpart. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any sort of. Um, you know, trust, uh, respect, anything like that on either side, you know, the ability just to have a working relationship, you know, it just seems like everyone is going in and saying, this is what we want and we won't take anything else. And, and you can't really find compromise uh, when it's like that. And again, it's early. This could change, you know, come January, come February, but right now it just, you're right, man. nothing about this is good. Nothing about this looks good. Nothing about this is good. Nothing about this is going to end up good. It's just it's just a bad, crummy situation all around. Yeah, you know, even something small like this is this might be the time of the year where fans are thinking about booking hotels and booking tickets to do an annual spring training trip down to Arizona, something like that. You can't do that right now. You just you just don't know what's going to happen. And hopefully, hopefully, we get into the new year and all of a sudden things really turn around in a big way and we start to see a whole lot of negotiation uh, between the two sides. But as we sit here right now, it's really hard to plan anything out for next year. Yeah, and. and- I, you know, people got over it in 94. I know there's still people. I haven't talked to a cage since. Okay, fine. I, I get that. But baseball managed to come back from that. I don't think it will rebound. If they lose games, if the season is altered in any way, shape, or form, they are going to have a long hill to climb to, to earn back, you know, the public trust, the, the good graces of the fans, the public. If they botch this, it's just baseball has played with fire too many times. Um, and I just, I don't like, I don't like the odds of something getting worked out in time. It just doesn't seem the way with everything's going. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it's going to end on a good note in time to start on time and get everything going and have it all. Yeah. Something that nobody is talking about. Uh, there's still that grievance that is hanging out there from last year's 60-game season where players filed a grievance against owners and then owners filed a grievance back, I believe, against the players for the exact same thing. And the thought was always that that grievance would probably be part of the negotiation in the, in the CBA. But when you start thinking about all the things that they have to work through, like from a baseball perspective, because that's that's what people want to hear. Like There, is, there are 
it's not just about money. There are some baseball things involved in the CBA, whether it's an expanded playoff, whether it's universal DH, whatever it might be. All that's kind of going under it. But when you talk about the timing of everything, because, yeah, there's runway, but there's also not really that much time. If you're going to try to negotiate out where that grievance goes away from last year, if you're going to try to uh, put together the the revenue sharing when it comes to an expanded playoff, I mean, there's just there are some really complicated issues that need to be worked through. There's just a lot on the plate to get, even if they do come together and kind of have this spirit of togetherness, which they're not right now. There are still some really complicated things that they have to work through. Absolutely, I mean, you figure you've got about a week right now. Uh, until we come up to, to the Christmas holidays, Christmas New Year's holidays, you know nothing is going to get done between you know, December twenty second and, and January second. That's just a no brainer. So you get past the New Year, and now you're looking at basically six weeks, six weeks to get it all done, and that just seems like a lot. It just seems like an awful lot to, to cram in in one. And who knows? They could be talking behind the scenes yeah. right now. We, we could. You know, could be completely oblivious to it, which in which case, great. But I don't know. It just seems like, like you said, there's a lot to sort out, and there's not going to be a lot of time to do it. If they are talking behind the scenes, though, wouldn't it behoove them to issue a joint statement that basically says negotiations are going on in the spirit of cooperation? We have made the decision to not comment on these negotiations, but fans uh, can can rest, be rest assured that these negotiations are still taking place behind closed doors. That would that would assume that professional sense operates in a realm where logic and common sense are abundant qualities. Um, and you and I both know that just isn't the case. So yeah, it would be it would be an incredibly wise thing to do. But you know, did, have you seen anything from from pro sports owners or pro sports players over the years to lead you to believe that they would have that kind of foresight to, to put that out there? You know, from an individual standpoint, yes. Like, I think when team owners, not all, not all, there are some bad team owners out there. Uh, but it feels like. When team owners are working kind of independently and doing things, they're good people making good decisions. But then when you get into like these collective, like again, I and for sometimes it's we can't all get on the same page, so we're going to do nothing. Like that's what turned that when you're trying to get a consensus and you can't do anything unless you do have a consensus, you end up doing nothing, and sometimes that kind of hurts you. Yep, it's um, I, I'm glad that I'm not. Uh, in the middle of this because I would have lost my patience weeks ago. I would have locked everyone in a room with, you know, all you can eat Taco Bell and one roll of toilet paper and, and let them sort it out. Um, but it's definitely not a headache that I want. You know, I'm, I'm glad that even writing about it is a pain in the rear end. Um, and it's enough for me. So I'm trying to be optimistic and confident, but, you just never know when it comes to baseball owners, it comes to baseball players, it comes to, to labor negotiations. It's just buckle up and, and prepare to find yourself a hobby. I highly recommend woodworking because you may need it next year. Yeah, so I love doing this podcast. I love talking about baseball. But this, you know, it was challenging at times during the pandemic when nothing is going on. Not that the pandemic's over, but during the, the stoppage as a result of the pandemic is probably the better way to phrase that. This is even like I. 
I sit down to do this podcast. I sit down to talk to you. I sit down to host a, a Brewers Weekly on Thursday nights, and it's like, what, what, what can we talk about other than the the work stoppage? And we will get into a little bit of baseball here in, in just a moment. But I think that's as someone who loves the game as much as I do, and I know you love the game too. The last thing I want to be talking about is labor negotiations. Yet here we are. Yeah, I mean, and how great was you know after all these slow winters. You know, that, that period of like 72 hours leading up to the, the lockout was, was the most exciting off-season portion that we've had in, in God knows how long. It yep. was great. You know, the flurry of moves left and right. You know, it was, it was kind of like a trade deadline on steroids. I guess it's a bad bad uh, metaphor during during baseball conversation. But And then to go from that to this, you know, it, it's disappointing. It's absolutely disappointing. If you're a baseball fan, I mean, you know, we talk about this is when people are starting to book their trips. This is also when you start getting excited and you're starting to look over the roster and, you know, finding the areas to complain about as you get ready for spring trade. And you can't do any of that right now. It's just, it's maddening. From a baseball standpoint, it's absolutely maddening. I didn't know what to expect in free agency prior to the lockout. I didn't know if it was going to be what it turned into or if it was just going to be a lot of owners and GMs kind of sitting on their hands because they were going to wait until after the lockout when they knew what the finances of baseball looked like. I would, just like you, I was pleasantly surprised the way it went down with all the money that was being spent. And, you know, we see that especially in like the NBA when you have the legal tampering period and the moment free agency opens, uh, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski is getting paid overtime because of how many people are signing in that first, uh, first couple hours of free agency. I don't know how you promote that. I don't, you know, that, that, that seems like just the business of the NBA, it works out that way. I don't know what you can do in baseball to try to push that, but it would be good for baseball if they did have something more like the way it went this year. Yeah, I'd love to see some kind of like off season deadline, you know, give a week after, after the World Series so everyone can kind of catch their breath and give teams time to talk exclusively to their own free agents. Um, and then say by, you know, the end of, of the winter meetings or a week after the end of the winter meetings, you have to have all these deals done. Like it would be great to see. I mean, it's the logistics of it are difficult, like you said, but it would be nice to see some kind of artificial off season deadline for these transactions and moves because it, it builds up excitement. Yeah, it does. And I don't know how you do it. The other side of it is I'm a, I'm a firm believer that routine is such a huge part of uh, just a baseball player's year. And I think when you've got a ball player who signs late, who maybe signs after spring training gets started, that that can really impact their performance for for the year. We see it all the time where a player does not sign until after spring training has gotten started, and they just don't have the they, – they never recover from that. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that I think that impacts things. So if you can have everything in place a lot earlier on, that's probably – not only is it good for the teams, it's probably good for the players too. This is like a great segue back into baseball because – Perfect example of that, Jackie Bradley Jr. Yep. You know, he didn't sign too late in the spring training, but late enough. You can't tell me that that didn't have an effect. You're right. Routine is a huge thing. Uh, you get out of that routine, and it can, it can stick with you all year long. I think we saw that with Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, that's part of why I still really believe that Christian. Here we are in the middle of another offseason where you don't have the routine, so who knows what's going to happen. But when we talk about Christian Yelich, 
he since since the knee injury, uh, he has not had a normal offseason, whether it was injury-related or pandemic-related and now labor negotiation-related. There has not been a standard offseason, and I, for, for whatever reason, I feel like that's one of the biggest things that would be good for Yelich in terms of his bounce back is the ability to just have a normal offseason, but he's not going to get that off that, that this offseason. Absolutely not. And spring training last year was a little weird, too, that yeah. they kind of adjusted the way that they used those guys in spring, where they kind of built them up, got them ready, eased them off a little bit, and then ramped it back up again. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors that this is going to affect on multiple different levels that, you know, at some point, you're right, you do have to wonder how this will play into the product on the field next year if they start spring late or if they adjust the schedule. They did have some minor league free agent signings, and people need to understand that minor league baseball and major league baseball are different. And right now, the labor stoppage is for players who are on the 40-man roster. If you're not on the 40-man roster, you're kind of in a in a different group of players. Uh, if you are a free agent that wants to sign a minor league deal, you can do that. Teams can sign you to a minor league deal and, and still give you the invite to major league spring training. So it's almost like a big league deal. Uh, you just, you're not technically on the 40 man roster. We saw the team sign a bunch of guys this past week. Some of the guys had okay, uh, big league time. You had somebody like, uh, John Singleton, who at one point was one of the top prospects in baseball and it just never came together. So there is at least an opportunity, even though baseball has kind of stopped, there is, we know how important when it comes to the Brewers, how important is the, the fringes of the roster, the the outskirts of the 40-man roster, and then those guys who go to AAA on minor league contracts, but are there's a belief from the big league team that they can be brought up and they can contribute if need be. Some of those guys can still be signed and be acquired during this period. Yeah, and those are the kind of guys that you know fans kind of roll their eyes at, but they're right in the Brewers' wheelhouse for off-season acquisitions. You know, the one-time former prospect who maybe on his second or third organization um, hasn't got it going yet, hasn't gotten the opportunity yet, but is hitting that time frame where the analytics say you're at your peak. And you know what? You get a one-year flash in the pan where a guy goes out and just plays his rear end off, uh, and you get it dirt cheap. And he might go sign somewhere else for big money the next year, but it doesn't matter because you needed that production for that one year. And you're right. We saw last year just how valuable that depth is. I mean, they went through, what, 60 players last year? Every single guy on that roster in that organization has an opportunity with the Brewers to see time and contribute at some point during the season. And that's got to draw, you know, if you're a... If you're one of those guys that are you want a major league contract, but then it's it's just not coming around, and it gets to a point where you know you're going to have to sign a minor league deal that includes an invite to big league spring training. If you're in that group, you want to sign with the Brewers because the Brewers are going to give you as good of, if not a better opportunity than any team in baseball to at some point in time be on the major league roster. Absolutely. Look at Jace Peterson. Look at Pablo Reyes. You know, those are the guys that, that fit right in there, and, and you will get a chance. If you can play and you produce, you will get a chance at the Brewers. Um, 
Yeah, and, and the other side of that too is they still have to provide players for their minor league affiliates. So that's I mean that's something that they're thinking of right now. When you think about uh, a Triple A roster, yeah, there's a handful of guys on the Triple A roster who are on the forty man and can go up and down, but half of that Triple A roster are, are minor league free agents, guys who are not on the forty man roster, and there's still an obligation for the organization to go out and acquire guys and make sure that all the minor league affiliates do have players. When at, at the you know minor league spring training will still get started, uh, whether major league spring training is going or not. Absolutely, and the thing that I, and going back to like the, the high profile of these guys or low profile or whatever you want to call it. You know, if a guy is coming in and hits just 249 or whatever with a 600 OPS, obviously that's not great. But the beauty of it, aside from only having to pay this guy you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, is you can also let them go. You know, if you sign a veteran and that veteran ends up, you know, batting 249 with a 600 OPS, you're stuck with it. There's nothing you can do because contracts are guaranteed. You have to eat that money. You know, here it's a little bit different. When you sign a guy to a minor league deal, you can you can part ways with it. Whereas older guy, you might have one year of big money or even a couple years on it, and, and you're stuck into it. So, you know, these are these are great pickups. These are important pickups because it also gives you flexibility in the long run if the deal doesn't work out. And how often do we see the organizations out there that are in big markets that can spend as much money as they want to spend? How often do we see those teams go out there, have high-priced free agents, but they don't spend any time filling up the, you know, the the outreaches of the roster, and all of a sudden, couple, two, three guys get injured, and they're starting somebody who has no business being in the big leagues, or that twenty-fifth guy on the roster is somebody who just shouldn't be there, and that ends up being their downfall. In so many ways. Roster spots twenty five through forty can be just as important as some of those key roster spots that you have. We've seen that firsthand in Milwaukee. You know, and if you, you step back and you look at the way David Stearns has built his team since coming to Milwaukee after the two thousand fifteen season, listen, it's not about having the best team on paper. You know, in the beginning of the season or the end of the season, it's about having the best team on the field on any given day, in any given matchup, in any situation. You know, whether that means mixing or matching right-handed or left-handed hitters against an opposing starter, whether that means defensive guys behind a ground ball pitcher, if they have that flexibility to put together the best team every day. You want know, like former Brewers teams, which was all like, we're going to go out here and just crush home runs all day and hope for a pitcher to keep it in the yard. You know, you have the ability to play a heavy offensive lineup one day or a heavy defensive lineup the next day or, you know, that kind of stuff. You can play those matchups. And I know people, again, you know, roll your eyes at analytics and back in this day and Facebook. That's just not how it is. Um, and I think if you're in a market like Milwaukee where, let's face it, you may not be a tiny market, but you're definitely limited, this is the way that you put together a perennial contender. And I don't think that they've been the perennial contender yet. They've gotten the playoffs every year, but I think they're pretty close now. You know, they've got to start making some some moves in the playoffs, but I, I think they finally put together the core that is going to turn them into that. And great a core you can have, but you have to have the surrounding cast. Yeah, you know, when you say contender, uh, to me that means a team that's got a, a legit chance to win the World Series. I thought they had 
a legit chance this year. They they probably were never, you know, the the odds makers never put them in that number one spot. But they had at some points in the year they had top four, top five odds to win the World Series a few years ago. The year that they got to Game Seven of the NLCS, they were probably a legit contender in there. They probably last year in the pandemic year they weren't. Uh, the year that they lost to the Nationals in the wild card game, they weren't. Uh, but still, we're talking two years of the last what four years that they have really been a team that was that that could have won the world series that's i think that's what you're alluding to right there that this is they're they're continuing to be put themselves in position where on a year in year out basis they're going to give themselves at least a puncher shot to maybe do something special in the postseason and baseball, of course, different than the other sports because of the way the season is. And, and you know, you, you build a team to get in and then you see what happens. But with the pitching the Brewers have, the starting pitching the Brewers have, I mean, that's, that makes them an automatic favorite. You know, that, that, that they should have, they should have beat the, the Braves. I think that they had a legitimate World Series team last year. And I think, I truly think they blew it. And I don't mean that in a in a negative way or an insulting kind of way. I, I think that's a good thing to say they blew it because that means you finally had a team with legitimate expectations, um, realistic expectations. Uh, and that's a big difference. You know, other playoff teams the Brewers have had, you're hoping if things go right, they can make a run. This was the team they had that could make that run. So when you say things like, oh, they blew it or they, they should have got further, not being negative, I think it's being constructive and optimistic. Like, this is finally a team where you don't just have to hope to get in. Yeah, you know, and I'll finish you off with this because there's always the conversation on social media about can you have a successful season without winning a championship? And I'm a big believer that there are, there are different levels of success. And yes, to me, this past year, it was a successful season for the Brewers because they accomplished some things, including winning the division. But they they didn't get as far as they could have in the postseason, and that was a disappointment. But it's okay to, like, it can be both. You can look back and say, the season was successful, maybe not as successful as you would have liked it to be, but it's not the, you know, if you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby thing. There are different levels of success that we can talk about, and I, I don't think you should just you know, throw away what happened this past year simply because they they got knocked out by the Braves early on in the postseason. Absolutely not. You're right. It, it can be both, and it should be both. You know, I think once you get to a certain point, um, if this becomes a, a regular thing, then yeah, then, then it's more disappointing than, than it is successful. Right now, you're absolutely right. It, it can be both. It was a successful season with a very frustrating, disappointing finish. Absolutely. He is uh, Andrew Wagner. Follow him on Twitter at ByAndrewWagner, B-Y-A-N-D-R-E-W-W-A-G-N-E-R. He writes at Forbes Sports. Uh, You never know where else his uh, byline might be. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time. Hopefully, 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 next time we are chatting, there's actually more baseball stuff to get into. I agree, Matt. Thanks for having me. Andrew Wagner joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. And that's just about going to do it for uh, this week's program. Thanks to Andrew for being part of it. Thanks to you for being tuned in. 
hopefully more and more things can happen. Hopefully negotiation is actually going to start taking place soon and we can get a little bit more optimism that a deal is going to get done. A deal is going to get done at some point in time. Baseball will be played again. The question is, what is it going to take? Who's going to blink first? What are the things that are going to be compromised on? All those sort of things. And we will talk. You know, At some point in time, we're going to do a, uh, do a podcast here where while it is going to be focused in on the labor negotiation, we're going to focus in on what's being fought for. What changes might we see? Are we going to see a universal DH? Are we going to be an expand, see an expanded playoff? And then what are the implications of those things? Because maybe that's more uh, a, a more fruitful way. Is fruitful the right word here? Uh, a, a better way to kind of discuss the labor negotiation about once they get this thing done, how might this impact the game of baseball. We will certainly have that discussion in future episodes of this podcast. Again, my thanks to Andrew Wagner for joining us. My thanks to you for being tuned in. And we'll talk to you again real soon for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.